0: Welcome to episode 92, the two-year anniversary of More Than Dice. Welcome, guys.
1: Hooray! Two years! Two
0: years! <laughs> it was a kind of a shock. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was looking through some stuff and trying to update the social media pages and all this other stuff, and found out you know, that we are now on iHeartRadio, by the way, so if you know about it, listens on iHeartRadio. Uh, the podcast is on iHeartRadio. Um, The thing came up on one of my screens Of our anniversary was August 23rd And I was like What? August 23rd? How long? And it says two years ago And I was like what? So I went and did some searching and was looking at all of our videos And you know Back when we were like really 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 horrible You know like Gonzo turn on the lights Okay I'll turn on the lights shit um, And all the other stuff Because by no means are we professional But it was uh, it was quite interesting to see that we've been doing this for two years. So um, happy anniversary, guys!
1: Yeah, happy anniversary! anniversary.
0: I think that's that's actually pretty damn cool. Um, But um, we got to do all of our thank yous. First things first, we want to thank everybody that listens, our listeners, our watchers, our patron subscribers, our. Our, our lurkers. <laughs> uh, everybody that, you know, subscribes to us on Twitch, that subscribe to us on Patreon. You help keep the lights on. You help, help everything go. Uh, sponsors that help us. Uh, if you don't know, you're probably going to see it scroll by pretty soon. That, uh, you know, Muse on Minis has provided us with a discount code for you. That if you want to buy anything from them, just use the tag more than dice, all in one word. And you'll get 10% off your order um we also want to thank uh tectonic craft studios my our buddy dan um i believe that he's actually going to be at nova if uh anybody's coming up to that
1: you will be at nova tectonic craft studio will be
0: at nova open um and then mechanica studios for providing us some cool stuff and selling some of our products if you haven't bought your widget set or tournament set or uh, zones and stuff from us. Make sure you jump over to Mechanica Studios and tell Chris that you want that stuff, and he'll give it to you. At a price, of course, but he'll give it to you. Um, but really, honestly, it is very shocking to me and very humbling that whenever I check the stats on stuff and I see how many people listen to our show each episode, uh, I'm kind of flabbergasted. Um, and it's and it's it's kind of amazing to me. Um, so, everybody listens, guys, Thank you so much.
1: Thank can't, you. I can't you.
0: say enough. It, it really means a lot to us. Um, of course, we do second this. 2nd we'll
2: can't post you, but we got to tell you what we're drinking first.
0: Correct. Uh, we'll, we'll touch you again, but we wanted to make sure that y'all, that we know that y'all are out there. We appreciate you listening. Um, if you have any topics, you want to come and join the show uh, for a thing, let us know. We don't have any problem. We, you know, we, we, I mean, it is us three, but like sometimes kathy has got to go, which is next Sunday. She's going to be partying up at at, uh, ReaperCon. So we like to have guests on all the time. Makes it a whole lot easier. So, Kathy, what'd you drink? Oh, sorry.
1: I just want to do a special thanks for the people who are in the chat, whether it's on the podcast on Sunday nights or whether it's on John's stream on Facebook or whether it's on my weekly stream when I'm painting during the week, um, because that really really makes it more entertaining for us, like we're not just talking to ourselves. So thank you very much for, you know, giving a a little hello in the chat.
2: Yeah, Yeah, thanks. It's really awesome when you guys are out there chatting with us. Gives us uh, a little more focus, a little more interaction, which makes the, especially the solo stuff, so much easier.
1: So, Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm drinking the Jameson
0: tonight. Oh, shit. Bring out the good stuff.
1: I, I just had one shot left in that bottle. So I'm celebrating <laughs> two years.
0: To Fair you guys,
1: enough. to the chat, to all our listeners. John? Slancha.
0: Well, <laughs>
2: I'm having a hell of a throwback here. I'm having what is called a force blow, which is uh, uh, orange juice mixed with crack and rum.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. Okay. Um, I broke out the good stuff too, Kathy. I have uh, been holding on to a bottle of for a little over a year, and I decided to cro- crack open a bottle that I got from Becca um, when I was at uh, MuseCon, and I opened up my battle, bottle of Sortilige.
1: So, oh, shit.
0: my uh, maple syrup whiskey is going to be uh, open for this occasion because it's a special occasion. So, to all of my co hosts, Both of you, thank you for joining us on this this adventure. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being there. Um, To all of our listeners, live and recorded, and all of our Facebook friends and anybody else that helps support us and cheer us on, we appreciate it a lot. This means a ton to us. Cheers. 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 Hold on. Moment of silence. One more swig. Mm, mm, mm. Oh damn, that's good. I forgot how good that was. Shit. Um, I'm gonna switch over the painting cam because I'm gonna be working on a building for my Star Wars Legion table while we talk about this. Uh, get ready a little bit uh, to look at. Besides my beautiful face, I um hopefully I come back over. I finished my Tie Fighter. I'm gonna dirty it up a little bit, but for the most part, my Tie Fighter is finished. Oh. Um, it's painted up, you know, trip standard scheme, quick dry brush, just got it on the table, um, but he's done, and then I'm going to get the little wing supports, and then I'm going to get this tower completed, um, so I can put that on the table, um, this is going to go through a quick dry brush, and then painted panels, and some other stuff, but very quickly, and then of course, the supports, um, so, of course, it, like I says, it is... Our two-year anniversary, but before we get started, I needed to talk to John about this, and I figured I would do it on air instead of sending him messages uh, about Malifaux Third Edition. I read through the entire book. Um, not anything that really made you know me you know go question a lot, except for one thing, and that's right. the flipping. Okay, I'm gonna show some cards on air, like the Lady Justice. Okay. The one thing I'm having an issue with, an understanding, I get all the other rules. Um, you know, the movement and everything else that goes on with it. But, of course, the card mechanic has me a little bit uh, questioning because of the plus and minus cards. Okay. Um, and so, I'm kind of confused on how to, because it's a l- little bit, a different mechanic. Um, so, say I'm going to do a charge. She moves her distance. Now you look at her greatsword, because that's what she's gonna be using. Mm-hmm. And the stat with this is a six. Yep. And on a charge, I get to roll I get to draw an extra card. Is that what the plus card means?
2: That's to its damage flip.
0: Okay, so it's not to its attack flip. Correct.
2: But it's attack and damage, they're separate.
0: Correct. But if it was a plus to the attack, would I roll an extra card? Hold on one or second.
2: No. Why don't I counter by turning on my painting camera and showing you one that would actually have that exact uh, thing you're looking for. Cool. So we'll do that.
0: Because, see, I'm... I'm, For anybody that know, Malifaux 3rd Edition came out, and I'm actually very interested in it. It's going to be something different. Uh, I like that it's played on a 3x3. I love the terrain rules. I did have a few questions about the terrain question, because it has a new terrain thing that I thought was interesting, which is Shadow. Um... So I thought that was kind of interesting. But then there was, uh, what else? The um, um, elevation rules. Yes, uh, elevation rules. Uh, which I thought Going was interesting that,
2: right
0: that you can um, have elevation and you can be pushed off elevation and you can take the damage. But line of sight, I had a question about tracing line of sight and tracing, um, um, what is it, uh, distance. On elevation, that was one thing I was going to ask you about.
2: Gotcha. So, well, first off, it's here is Yasunori, Uh and as you see, where it says stat for his balanced sword, he has a six with a plus next to it. Uh huh. That means he gets a plus to flip on the attack. Gotcha. When he uses that duel, he gets a plus to the flip.
0: So I'm looking at the judge, and the judge on the enchanted katana has a six and an X.
2: Uh, so that is a crow. That is having a suit automatically. Gotcha. So that means that uh, where is it? Uh, you can always get siphon essence off of the, uh, off of the, uh, um, triggers.
0: Gotcha. And because uh, it was it was interesting learning the new terminology and everything. Terminology with different, especially the triggers, because you got the crow in the book and you know all the different things on it. And I'm like, oh crap, that's gonna be it's actually it,
2: it's a little much the first couple times but yeah you get used them pretty quick
0: well i mean the rules seemed pretty simple i didn't see anything that was outrageous i had a question about elevation so say someone's standing on a level three elevation and yep. i'm going to shoot them okay i need to count the distance to them do i need to count the distance up also
2: no we don't actually use up elevation at all okay. it's just just horizontal elevation
0: okay uh because i know that when you're get pushed off of it because I had an example when you're pushed off the elevation you fall um, yeah. you take the fall damage because of the elevation on that um, I thought shadow was an interesting or is it no not shadow uh,
2: probably the shadow of the train because that's actually yes. what causes stuff that you're used to easy in other games like cover
0: and cover correct I thought that was an interesting take on it uh, mm-hmm. I read over some I read over the entire rule book uh, I like everything going I like the soul stone so you can pass your turn to your opponent so you could probably... Oh,
2: with a uh, pass token, yeah. Yeah,
0: with pass token. I thought that was an interesting concept. Um,
2: I mean, it's it's just sort of a physical way of showing off what you
0: can do in Legion. Yeah.
2: in Legion, if your opponent has more units left than you, you can just pass till it's even number of units.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: this gives you a token, because some of the other characters uh, do things with pass tokens. Uh, I don't have... I turned my camera off, and I'm not going to turn it back on quite yet. But uh, the whole new box I got of uh, the... Uh, Basically, the geishas and all, they all have an ability called, um, that basically it's called leverage, where they get extra pass tokens and they can use a pass token to get a plus to any duel. So, there's a lot of cool stuff there with that. They, they, uh, they, they, a lot of those tokens and all, it seems like, oh, it's simple. Why did they make it so complicated? There's probably another function in some other crew you haven't seen that does something with them.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I haven't delved. A lot into what the cards you know the models do i have mostly delved into what the game does but mm-hmm. i did take a quick look at some of this stuff and i was like holy shit you're right lady justice she has 16 points or cost but she's a fucking beat stick
1: she is i mean i haven't played since the beginning of second edition but i do remember that about her that was the that was the first crew that i played was her and the marshals
2: the scary thing is, she's not even, like, the best beat stick. She's really good. She's a much more versatile beat stick than others, but, Jesus, wait till you meet Misaki and freaking, um, mm-hmm. and the giant demon bitch whose name I forget because, well, larger sister.
0: Um, the
1: Ten Thunders were brand new when I kind of stopped playing.
0: Well, I mean, I'm looking at this, and because, I, I mean, I, I got all the cards down, the Defense 3, Willpower 4, Movement 4, Size 2, you know, I got all that, that was no problem. It's all the special abilities, like, every one of these characters are hard to wound. So I'm like, well, shit, you're yep. gonna, it's gonna take a while to wound them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, alright, that's that's cool, that's fine, I ain't got a problem with that, I understand it. it's part of what they what they are. Mm-hmm. And then, like, oh, healing. Um, one thing I did like, and I can't remember the name of the ability, but it's the little nuclear bomb. The blast. The blast. Um, and uh, the way the auras and pulses and other things do. I was really, really happy with that. Because like the one they did with the chain lightning, where you throw it out. But it doesn't say when you throw it out that it has to be completely within. It just says it has to be in. So, man.
2: Very few things are completely within they, but they do use completely within or within much like uh, War Machine of Horns does. Yes,
0: it's like within three inches or completely within three inches.
2: Yeah, and there's very few things that are completely within. There's very very few.
0: Yeah, um, but I thought it was I thought it was neat uh, the way that um, spells per se are done where they got where you're like if you get so many successes it goes up and it stretches out or whatever.
2: Oh yeah, when you get more. Uh more suits for a trigger you might do more interesting things yes. yeah i
0: thought that was interesting um and the reason why i'm asking this and talking about this is not only because i read all the rules and i know john's like he's a god with this uh <laughs> um. <laughs> i don't know about that i still find things in the rules that i
2: wasn't yeah like maybe i knew but didn't have the quantification for it or that i just missed but
0: mm-hmm. you you knew more about it than i did um this is one of my games that i And hopefully uh, that fixed it. (laughs) I don't know what it is. They did do an update to... um, um,
1: Streamlabs, OPS, and uh, Skype, which is never good when both of them get updated at the same time. Plus that huge Windows update that was a couple weeks ago that really screwed with my machine. Well, not as bad as some people's machines.
0: All right, so let's go back to... Let's just go straight to us. You don't need to watch anything else.
1: No.
0: Make sure there's nothing else going on. Um, But, uh, going back, hopefully that fixed it, guys. We, one of the things that we are going, or I should say, I am looking to get is a new computer for the stream, because this is getting an old machine, and, uh, you know, we just want to make sure it's better.
1: It's cranky. Cranky and old. Yes. And the gremlins are in it.
0: Yep. So, hopefully... Everybody can see and hear us. I show that we're live.
1: So oh, it we're good. back. For, we're down to five people. Yeah, looks good. hard fans.
0: hard fans. So. Oh, you,
2: oh my God. Really, Banian?
0: <laughs> I don't see any video. Slightly so. jelly.
2: No, I see video, but video. Yeah, we're good. We're good? Okay. I don't I see chat. Chat's not Facebook.
0: showing up. I see chat. I see chat. Too oh, much Grimkin? Yeah,
1: it's not because I just typed something in just now, and it's not on there. So, right, like, well, Streamlabs being...
0: A douchey douche. Let me potato. see if I can fix that real quick. We'll, we'll try it. and
2: add it in when we can, guys. I answered uh, Legionnaire's question about Ramos and, uh, and Nicodem. Uh, basically, uh, they're imprisoned and or dead, respectively, in the story, so they carried it through the game. Uh, we're just trying to be what sort of Legend of the Five Rings was to card games back in the day and have their story and any of their events they run or anything like that carry through to the game which is very cool you know i mean
1: yeah i mean i can understand it in that respect where there's a story arc to the overall game from one season to the next season sort of i mean they don't call them seasons in that game but maybe they should, should start <laughs> no
2: i mean they, they don't update that often it's when they do they get a new book out they want to make sure they can update and have it you know carry through yeah um, I do feel sorry there was a young lady who was playing down at uh, the other store, Third Eye Games, and she only had two masters because she just started, and it was Terra and Nicodem. Nicodem is now dead and only usable as a dead man's handcaster, and Terra is no longer played in Resurrectionist, which is a faction she was playing. Oh, that sucks. So there's a handful of people who got really hit hard, but other than that, most of them uh, is most of them are fine. Uh, so Legionnaires, there's a new master coming out, Von Schott or something like that. Von Stuck. I think I'm mixing my names with uh, Mel Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, that's uh, never a bad thing.
2: Here, I've got it somewhere here. Von Stuck is actually his name. He is sort of like the university professor, the uh, University of Transmortis. So he comes into the game, unlike a lot of masters. He's already got a whole bunch of people he can add to, the, add to his crew because he's got... Uh, Everyone who's Transmortis, which is, uh, like, uh, there was the Transmortis Adventure box that had uh, four undeads, the Student of Sinu, the Student of Steel, the Student of Viscera, and then also the Valedictorian. They're all usable.
1: I'd like to and, be a student of Viscera.
2: Yeah, they were pretty mean. I actually bought that box because, uh, back before they changed it, uh, Terra's Totem, Karina could hunt, summon them so I like to have them on hand. And then um, Anna Lovelace who has the big cyber, the big weird dress is also part of that, which I own most of them because they were cool. So It's very interesting the way they went to keywords. It makes the game very interesting to uh, make lists for.
0: Well, I went and uh, I was talking to a couple of people that did play it once in my local store guy and he was like, "They just did a good cleanup." Mm-hmm. They, that's pretty much what it was, a good cleanup they dropped a ton of conditions they didn't need
2: they clarified when all the conditions end. Um, like they used to have defensive and uh, focused for offense and or defense and they just made it focused work both ways which is a super easy cleanup they did a lot of cleanup on that and I would say one of my surprises is just how well this edition change went because honestly when they said they were changing conditions
0: oh, people some people were. went
2: in the beta and everyone else just disappeared. Yeah. And then when the beta was done, they put the stuff out. They cannot keep that shit in stock. It is flying off the shelves, which is a good problem to have for for a, for a game company.
0: Yeah. That's
1: good. I'm glad.
2: Though, honestly, having that little down period not good either. Uh, so, yeah, Legionnaires. Uh, not so much on the death marshals for Terra. Sorry. I have one also. It doesn't do me any good anymore.
0: So, But the reason why I brought this up is not only because of the stream and I had questions and I knew John would be awesome with it. it It's because this is one of the new games that I'm like Mm -hmm. one of my, you know, hot things for, you know, in the past two years Um, I was really impressed with it. It looks like a lot of fun. I like the way it's done. I like everything about it. Looking forward to playing it. Hopefully I can get some good games in and play a bunch of games with it because I like the now thing of doing everything on a 3x3 is very tempting to me now.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very oh, tempting to me. Oh, you the for the small footprint of uh, yes. a skirmish game.
0: You yes. can do a
2: little more with it, yeah. I mean, it's a little easier to play with.
0: Oh, and terrain is a lot in easier. In our,
1: in our living room.
2: Yeah. and you're getting into it much earlier. Like, Malifaux, you were fighting basically on turn one. You're maybe not doing full-on hand-to-hand, but yeah.
0: you were skirmishing on turn one. Yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of things that are going, uh, you know, the three-by-three uh, which is another thing that I'm super super excited about and want to play more. Than anything is Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yeah, um, uh, I'm
1: looking forward to that in in November. Yeah, well, hopefully November.
2: Hopefully, yeah, hopefully November. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we're all looking forward to that. That's going. Nobody's
1: officially said it's going to be November, but that's yeah. I think what they're shooting for.
2: Yeah, yeah, I imagine they do have some some licensing stuff to keep track of and make just make sure distributing's work because. Also, uh, as plastic models, they're going to be coming from China, and that's going to become mm-hmm. problematic.
0: Yeah, that's going to be something of a conundrum. But yeah, it's
2: going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see how that ends up playing out.
0: Because um, that, that's IH4 another w. one. You're
2: going to be good shape.
0: <laughs> but that's another game that I was that, that you know, I've read all the rules, seen some of the stats. I like the way it's going. I like it because it's on a three by three terrain is effective. You know, blah blah blah. It's got a lot of stuff going. That's another one of my top picks for, you know, for us in the last two years is, mm-hmm. you know, that game, those two games. Um, right. I, we haven't had a lot of pickup of Conquest because the game still is not out. Um, I'm the only one that's got a set because of the guys that sent us a set. Thank you very much. Seems
1: like uh, locally.
0: We yeah. got it locally.
1: I so think I have to you and more any. than Dice have been, you know, really hyping that. So
0: Yeah. And it's a good game. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just we don't have anything local yet. Nothing's yeah, come up.
2: It's tough. Until a game hits wide, it's really hard to tell if it's going to do anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: That's
2: sort of the thing. Uh, one of my, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to say likes, but more interesting notes about the past two years is how the Kickstarter miniature game is sort of slowing down. People yes. are realizing it's not the way forward necessarily. That they're, they're getting a lot more of their, their, their stuff together, realizing what they have to do for it, and uh, and being a little more smart with how they release stuff.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, another one that I was thinking about that was a, a big shocker to me um, this year, and it was just in the past year, was I was so down on it and didn't care for it, didn't buy into the Kickstarter because we know it's Simon, uh, was a Song of Ice and Fire. But the oh, game yeah. is legit good. It is, uh, it, and, and, it, and it's surprising because I was like, "Oh crap! This is just another money, gra- money well, grab." and it's
1: it's not just uh, cool mini or not. It's uh,
0: everybody.
1: <laughs> it's dark sword. Yeah, dark sword miniatures has had the big hand in getting this made. Not uh, and Simon is just the vehicle yes. to make it happen.
0: Which, but I mean, that thing was a shocker to me. I was like. Shit, this game's actually really, really good. It's got a lot of good things to it.
2: Yeah, I'm a little worried because it it did have that same Kickstarter problem that we used to have, like the original release of Relic Knights problems where people who got the Kickstarter got so much stuff so cheap that there was no point in stores carrying it because everyone had all the things. But I'm glad that it seems like it's starting to pick up now. It's got releases that are not from the Kickstarter and people are starting to get into it.
1: There's tons of people in Song of Ice and Fire Facebook groups that are clamoring for the new releases because oh, yeah. they don't have all the stuff already.
0: Yeah. And they, and they, and they're they like, we want it now, give it to us now because they, you know, they have the distribution issue since they switched over to Asmodee. Um, there's been dis and it's not distribution issues. It's just doing new distribution stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just switching over to that. But I mean, it's a super solid game. It's a lot of fun. Um, the little tactics boards that myself and Captain Mizzy uh, built, someone <laughs> just um, posted on the Song of Ice and Fire board that they printed it out and they thought it was one of the best things that they have ever had for the game. And if you don't have it, you need to get it. And everybody's like, So, how can I buy this? Because I don't have a 3D printer. And I'm like, um, I'll this talk is to you how later. Businesses get started. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean,. It was something that needed to happen. So, I mean, it was really good. Uh, you know, I'm sure Captain Mizzy will tell you you know, the struggles we went through on that to get it working. But, you know, it it, it, it was needed. But, I mean, that game... I mean, that, that's one of my surprises this year was that. Um, Kathy, did you have any big surprises? Or, like... I mean, it could be miniature-wise, too. I mean, it doesn't have to be games. But anything that's happened in the last two years that you're just like, holy crap, this was awesome and cool...
1: My uh, my well, my big thing you've heard me talking about it is Champions. I jumped on that at Gen Con, and it is a great card game. It has a solid, fun, unique mechanic for a card game. But this small indie company does not know what they're doing with marketing, so they they cannot break into the U.S. Uh, you know, game store market. They can't figure out how to how to market their organized play stuff, and uh, and so the game is just kind of unfortunately, you know, losing. You get know, all the all the people that I knew that started out playing it after Gen Con um, are are playing other things now. They're like, I can't, I can't do this. They they play Fusion started uh started offering cash prizes for tournaments and after the first cash prize tournament happened they decided to yank cash prizing and announced it like the day after the first cash prize tournament oh man and uh i mean their timing on all this stuff is atrocious the way in which they announce their changes is atrocious uh it's, it's really kind of sad to see because, and all these people that have left are like, but I love the game. They're like, I love the way it plays. That's really uh, strange
2: because GW's big thing uh, back when I worked for them was we only work with the best.
1: GW, you they have, oh, you know what they're doing nowadays. They're, they're licensing things to anybody who yeah, will give them money for that. license. Uh, I mean, yeah, you do have to discuss your your creative uh aspects of the game with them like the lore and the artwork and everything but i mean aside from that you know these people are getting gw's approval for the stuff they're doing but they just can't seem to they can't seem to get a foothold like in the us market which is i mean it's, it's tough it's because if you're not market.
2: magic you really got to be something Awesome. Special to get in, or something nostalgic. You, you got to have a hook.
1: Well, they they and they thought they had the hook with uh, Games Workshop, Age of Sigmar. Uh, all the card art is amazing. The the lore stuff is is fun. The mechanics of the game are solid. Uh, everybody loved that they had this thing where you could scan your physical cards and use them in the digital app. And the more physical cards you had scanned into the app, you would actually get more gold when you're playing games
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that you could then use that gold to buy digital boosters or craft, you know, cards or whatever. And, uh, and they just, they, they cannot seem to, uh, yeah, to make it. it work. I, I really hope I'm wrong. And I hope the naysayers that are in the discord that, that I look at are also wrong and that there's a greater population of people out there that are fans of this game Um, because I would love to see it do well right now they're this coming Monday they're releasing their fourth wave their fourth set of cards unleashed but they're releasing it into the digital app first instead of releasing the physical and digital at the same time they're releasing it in the digital only first and nobody knows when the uh the physical cards are going to be released they haven't set a date for that yet
2: so there's all these people that hasn't worked out as well as it could have it seemed like after initial gen con it was gonna it was gonna go gangbusters and then it just sort of slowly walked off a cliff yeah (laughs)
1: Nobody, you, there, there's nobody I could find. I, I live in a city of like nine, nine million people, and there is nobody I could find a game with. Of course, I can't find a game of anything with people because I live too far away from the game stores. <laughs> but I get to play online because the digital, the app is amazing. It's, it's fun. It's Which- not, it's not. I mean, it's a, it's a poor substitute for being face to face with somebody, but at least you get to play, and it's fun game.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's better than just playing one of those mindless, you know, puzzle games on your on your phone.
1: Oh God, yes.
2: <laughs> uh, one of my surprises was the Transformers TCG. Since we're talking about card games and just how enjoyable that's been, you know, when uh, Bowie told me about it, and I was like, Yeah, you know, sure. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll I'll put a little bucks in it and see if we can have some fun with it. And then it's just been really fun. Been enjoying the crap out of it. Um, it's got a solid base. It's got a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff on, you know, Facebook, on YouTube, whatever. Um, obviously, it tickles that nostalgia bug for a lot of us who like Transformers and such. And uh, we're just really uh, impressed how fun it's been. I hope it keeps going. I mean, Hasbro, luckily there's no licensing issues like uh, like uh, Champions, where, you know, Jimmy could go like, you're not doing a good enough job, we're going to pull the license and <laughs> go something else. Uh, Hasbro is not going to pull the license from Watsy since Hasbro owns Watsi so that's sort of like something I don't have to uh, worry about But <laughs> it's been surprisingly fun um, you know we'll see how long it continues to be that amusing for I'll keep
0: doing it for as long as I can so um, let's talk about some downers
2: do some, we really want to?
0: Yeah, that, that kind of
1: was, like was that was like a, T- up Cathy, and a down
0: yeah Kathy had an up and a down for hers um, one of my downs, and and I and I hate to do this because I know we don't want to be you know negative, but the loss of sports uh, support for Company of Iron, um, privateer press not pushing Company of Iron anymore, not doing anything with it, really was a downer for me because they had a product that could have done really really good. Yeah, and, and, and could have done.
2: It's one of their few they were actually ahead of the curve on. Yeah, because our, did they came out before Kill Team came out? Yeah.
1: So that was like a skirmish version of War Machine. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: played squads pretty much,
2: and they literally shit the bed on support. And I hate to be that blunt on it, but it was terrible. They did nothing for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, all the rules were free. You didn't have to buy any extra models if you, you know, you bought, you know, your, you but know, the, the box set
2: was a good deal.
0: Yeah, it was. There was nothing wrong with the box set. I mean, overall, it was a great thing. It's just that. When they just stopped releasing, or stopped doing things for it, or stopped, you know, having events hmm. or whatever, it just kind of went the wayside, and I hate that. It's because it was a good way to get people into War Machine and Hordes too.
1: It's it's weird how uh, how a competitive scene where tournaments and stuff is kind of the driving force of uh, the success of of a game these days. It seems like
0: yeah, and that may be the reason why they had to because. Competitive scenes drive games. I mean, that's just how it is. What stinks, because there's some people.
2: The funny thing is, it's only how it is for War Machine. It's actually not how it is for other games. Yeah, I, mean, I
1: was drawing a parallel to Champions, the way that competitive players are talking about the game dying and their player base, you know, w- local, their local player base drying up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just it just seems very similar to what is being described with Company of Iron, where you know there's not tournaments being run, uh, organized playthings aren't being supported, events aren't being run. It so... was worse.
2: They didn't even support it with product. Yeah, they didn't even put out any more cool stuff for Company of Iron. They just put out the box set and were like, "We're done." They're like huh. you're not done. They had I. I know a guy used to work for them in the sales department. It was one of their best releases ever, and they had nothing planned to follow it up, and they still have not done anything with it. It is functionally a dead game, and that's unfortunate for what would have been Kill Team before Kill Team came out. You see how Kill Team's gone? Jesus, GW's just released a second box for Kill Team.
1: Oh, yeah. That's one of the things that uh, that I saw today was their new starter box for Kill Team, which is yeah. Space Marines and Tau.
2: Yeah, if you want to get back into Kill Team, uh, now's your time. It's got the whole new box set with the books and everything, some terrain in it. It's going to be a great deal because their box sets always are. They're going to eventually sell out and go away uh, because those little little games do. That's that's probably my big surprise thing, uh, Gonzo, is the, the, the Rise from the Ashes. Well if you will, of Games Workshop.
1: Over the last two years, yeah. That's yeah, really like, been a, yeah. a big turnaround. Yes.
2: Yeah. More like the Tales of My Demise may have been slightly exaggerated.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because well, it used even, to be that, you know, you looked at GW and goes, those guys don't give a fucking shit about anybody. They don't care.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. To, wow, these guys are actually listening and doing things and are part yeah, of the community I mean, they,
1: now. Scotty says sure? Company right. of Iron needed a campaign system. That, Yep. Yeah. Well, I think everything needs a campaign system because I think it makes it makes every game more interesting.
2: Absolutely, and that's uh, going to I'm going to talk about that in a minute in a couple minutes. Also about something else for a game would be weird to talk about. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's just how it their rise has been amazing from they're taking stuff that other people are doing and doing the same thing, and it's it's just what they needed, you know? Fixing stuff on the fly, FAQs that actually change things, to make them work, actually putting out beta rules. So like, hey, we think this fixes one of the problems we're seeing. Well, you guys test it out for a bit and let me know.
1: They're, 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 doing, whole, it. they're doing it all right. How does no GW idea 20? about FAQs is a complete 180 on how they used to view FAQs.
2: Yeah, you know, let me... I'm going to pull back the curtain from how us uh, old phone trolls to answer a rules question. We read the rules, we fucking make it up. Yeah. Granted, we have a bunch of people with diverse minds, and we can talk about it beforehand and anything multiple times we would talk about, and we'd have the FAQs there to use those, but like, if it was a big ruling, spoiler, we just fucking made up the rules. We just said like uh, this, this, and this, okay, that reads that, we'd, we'd stop and read it very carefully, break down into parts, and we'd just make the ruling up. That's how they made rulings.
1: Yeah, well, they have some yeah.
2: hotline to the UK or some such shit. We no, just, you you totally
1: did. Totally no, totally did.
2: As the one, who, the only person in the U.S. who answered emails about uh, rules when we turned that back on in 2007 or whenever. Uh, no, we didn't.
1: <laughs>
2: but now they're just doing it all right. It's great. Yeah, it's they've good done, they've done... Be doing it all right, and everyone can learn from that because they're the big dog, and everyone will learn from that. Yeah. But not everyone is somehow.
1: You Maybe. know, you know, they're doing good when even my husband has, after seeing the uh, The Tithe of Bones uh, teasers, mm-hmm. is like, wait. It's like Tomb Kings, and it's funny because while he and I were watching them, I was like, this sounds, I mean, the voice of the guy who's in these trailers talking about his life or unlife sounds like something Jim would say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, and and so now he's, he's like, hmm, maybe I need to rethink my stance of not playing Games Workshop things anymore after they you know made away with his tomb kings I know Baneon right tomb kings for A.S. they're not calling him tomb kings These this is the Tithe of Bones there's some kind of undead something and it's not going to be tomb kings with an Egyptian flavor it's going to be something else but kind of I think kind of similar you know like Seraphon or similar to Lizard Man.
2: but to think they're different for copyright purposes
1: right well, and, I mean, their lore is a little different. So, you know, the lore is it's going to be different. But, yeah. it, boy, does it ever sound interesting. And it, it hit all the right... It, Jim's face watching that was like my face watching the trailer for The Mandalorian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they're doing such a good job. And then uh, on campaigns, before I forget, um, I was actually a little disappointed in how the Malifaux 2nd uh, Edition, back when that was still a thing... How their campaigns never really panned out. We never really got a chance to play them. They had a good system, but just ended up not being able to make it pan out, which is unfortunate. Sometimes
1: you just have to make up your own campaign, yeah. and that's what that's what Jim and and his friend, who the two of them used to play regularly, and Jim like made up this entire campaign of if you get these objectives, whoever gets it gets this, and you know, and then the next they move on to the next game, and these are. These are the missions, and whoever gets this objective gets this. And things from the previous mission carry over. Like, if you find the extra weapons, then you get that. If you find the extra troop, then you get an extra unit in your next game and stuff. And they just made that shit up. You know? It's like homebrew D&D, you know?
2: Well, you remember the old uh, Warhammer, I think, I want to say 6th edition, might have been 5th edition. Rulebook had that whole campaign system in the back where you, like... You fight over villages or whatever, you have your territories, you build them up and you know, you, you mm-hmm. fight other people and that was a great simple system, and I've been trying to make that yeah. work for Malifo for a while. I, just, you know, a lot of work. But, but yeah, I was a little disappointed how that came out. Hopefully it will come out with a new campaign system for third edition at some point. The cards were very good. They had very good ideas. I'm sure a lot of people had it, it just locally didn't take off the way it wanted it to be.
1: Legionnaire says the winner gets the beer. I mean I think they both get the beer they and they the pretzels.
2: Can the loser get the beer? Because I don't want the beer. No.
1: I mean, you the... your you know, drink of choice, really, I guess. <laughs> no one's going to force it on you.
2: I mean, I've had beer forced on me before.
1: Oh, that's awful. Yep. Who did it? Hey. I'll kick their ass. Nobody <laughs> should be forcing anything on anybody.
2: No, I made them think I liked it, and they thought I it was, it was very grateful for it, because apparently i keep a straight face.
1: I agree with Beanion. I would drink the Guinness.
2: Eh, hey, maybe. But yeah, so that was interesting there. Uh, Gonzo, uh, what you got?
0: Um. Well, uh, there were some other things, but they were in the media disappointing section. <laughs> I
1: mean, we should probably get that before the media disappointing section. Yeah. The media Wait, do we help? need to uh, start our media section early? So no. We have a media disappointing. Nobody told me there was going to be. We got a lot of
2: media today, so we a, might want to dis- be careful about that
1: disappointing media hot takes of the last two years, I mean holy I mean, shit, you could I develop I
2: know what Gonzo's going to bring up as his number one what?
1: oh yeah no, ready I know. number one? yep, that's what I was thinking too,
0: which one? Freddy ready Player, Player one
1: <laughs> we'll say it at the same time because we both thought it at the same time <laughs> I mean, I knew it was going to be your hot take yeah. I enjoyed um, it but I didn't read the book
0: now, there was, there, there was a lot of different things, that um, uh, games that came out. I didn't get to try a lot of new stuff. Um, the, the, one of my biggest, biggest disappointments, uh, and it actually goes back to the, uh, our old podcast days, was um, Wrath of Kings. Yeah, that's um, um, that, yeah.
1: Like, but, the one that died what, because of lack of support. Yes.
2: Let's just call that instead. Let's just call that... Uh, call yeah,
1: Wrath of Kings.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're not disappointed in me with how they do not support the games the way they need to be supported. They're like the perfect supplier for the the current game store uh, format, which is just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks.
0: Yeah. That was one of my disappointments because, I mean, the game system was cool. The models were great. I mean, everything about it was good, but I was like, all right, where's my next release?
1: Yeah. yeah. There were fun release. models in that. It's it's too bad. It was a lot of it?
2: cool stuff, and it looked like it would be a cool, you know, uh, ranks and flanks game, but it just didn't take off.
0: Well, it 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 died. I mean, and they and, let it die, too. That's it the thing.
2: Did. Yeah, they absolutely did. It's like yeah. Dark yeah. Age. Luckily, unlike that, I don't know if Wrath of the Kings is owned as an IP by... Uh,
1: I mean, Dark game Age Hunter. has been... Dark Age has been... They, they've been trying to make that one work for... Oh yeah. Since almost since before Jim and I started painting miniatures. Also, because there was a
2: card game for Dark Age back in ninety-five.
1: Was there really? Was oh, it yeah. based on Brahms artwork as well?
2: Goddamn right it was. It was oh, wow. I liked the style of it, but it was a terrible game. They've been trying to make it work, and I'm 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 glad the guy who made the Dark Age miniature game actually owed. Owns the IP for it, or you know, whatever is the uh-huh. IP for the miniatures game, not cool mini or not. So he can go somewhere else because the guys here liked it.
1: He's uh, actually, Marshall, uh, he's Army, actually
2: Army, like the- me to play just so I could play it. I've got gonzo stuff, so playability's there, it just needs to rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Yeah, the
1: guy who owns Dark Age is the guy who owns cool mini
2: or not. I think it's a separate person because there's a guy who owns it. Uh-uh. I'd have to ask El Marshall about that because he's the one in the know about that because I mean I don't know.
1: Legionnaire says John is correct. But I I noticed well, oh, that, it. Says. Anyways, that's a you know, that's for a different day. But the yeah, thing is enough. is
0: it wasn't supported and that's what sucks. Indeed. There was they had two good games.
2: Sorry, ninety six for the card game.
0: Two two good solid miniature games that just weren't supported at all and that's the reason why a lot of people are kind of still hesitant on the song of Ice and fire because it's a cool mini thing is it going to stop being supported after a while and i'm like i hope not because they have a really good thing going on with this i
1: happen to know they have releases road mapped out for at least a year
0: oh yeah but the thing is are we gonna keep seeing it after that
1: well i mean how many how many more things do you put out for a song of ice and fire?
0: Oh, you can put out a time. Yeah, there,
2: there's diminishing returns on that game. Yeah. There's a point where you'll have everything. Yeah. Hope that when they get it all done, it is a complete game. It feels playable. Yeah. Because we're in the internet age where you could play games way after it is uh, done because there'll be stock out there somewhere for people. Yeah. But that's always the hard part is that once a game dies, people forget about it. It's like, oh, that game's done, dead to me, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Another disappointment for me, uh, I guess, was. uh, Hold on, I've said it in my head. Now I forgot it. You're fired. It's like I've been drinking.
0: We don't drink on this podcast. No. I don't know what
2: you're talking about. Um, (laughs) God damn, what game was it? There was a game that was supposed to come out that just didn't really. I I go talk this point of not having as much game time as I used to have back in the day. That's always. It's hard to really get into a game with less time, which I think is part of why something like. War Machine has started to falter locally because it, it requires a lot of time put into it and we don't have the time to put into it. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's kind of failing that it's not entirely their fault, which is unfortunate. am not doing any favors to it in some cases, but, I mean, if we all adults stop having time to, to play the game, that really makes it difficult.
0: What, what, what was your one game that uh, you had the Kickstarter for and they probably weren't going to do it? And it was the anime-style um, one. Oh, yeah, Relic Knights.
1: Yeah. So,
2: they're still trying. Bless their hearts. They're still trying to get stuff out for that. They've got plans to, f- to release stuff slowly, not as fast as they would normally fulfill what they can for us. So, they're still trying. But, yeah, that's sort of a disappointment. But uh, I feel like I probably should have known better. But I really like the universe. I really like the idea of it. I like the scenario function of it. But, honestly, all the games are going to that now. I like the skirmish. That's a big disappointment is how... Even though I got back into 40K and Age of Sigmar a little bit, how they're sort of falling by the wayside because the skirmish games are rising again, and they just have better game systems, better scenario play. They're just better in general.
1: It's just so much easier to design a game around, oh, it only takes 40 minutes to play. It takes less than an hour to play, or maybe an hour, like, a ball it's all... or something. Maybe it's a... It just... A lot of people don't have two hours after work to kill at the game store before it closes and hope they get their entire game in.
2: Well, most of those games still take about two hours with setup and teardown a lot of times. But it's more just with less models means I've got less daunting painting.
1: Uh-huh. You
2: know, you don't have to spend as much money. Sure, maybe the models play a, cost a tiny bit more per model. But if I'm using a quarter of the models or less, boy, that doesn't make as much of a difference, does it?
0: Yeah, well, there's also, the thing is, all these things are coming down to 3x3 three three arena size. Yeah, 3x3. Um, 4x4 yeah. like,
2: four four is actually okay for a size, two. Yeah. 4x6 is a little rough, but I can make it work locally at, at home. It's, I
1: mean, it, it's it was rough. great when they had those great big battle bunkers where you could have a bunch of games of, you know, 4x8 tables. But now they don't have those anymore, and, you know... We can't fit a table like that into our living room.
0: Well, it's it, also the play time. You get a
2: folding one, get folding one, Kathy. I, I not have by four, four like
1: six. It,
0: it, it's a it's the game time. I mean, if you think about it, if you're gonna be playing a forty k game, it's not you know an hour. You know, It's three hours, two, hours. yeah. It's it's three, three plus hours. hours, hours.
2: hours. Might finish it all. Yeah. Yeah. If
0: you're working hard and everybody knows what they're doing, and you're not looking up rules or being questioned or whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it it can be a big challenge for large scale games now you're just like oh.
2: which is well, why kill I, I teams think so well and why people think warcry is going to do well uh, i haven't seen a lot of play for that locally neither kill team either. it's weird that gw skirmish games which should be the bee's knees are not taken off locally so yeah. much
1: uh, they're they're being played around here
2: oh they're playing played all over the place i mean the popularity is but i think what that shows is that they're being played at home not yeah. in
1: store. Well, it, no stores have enough room for the, you know, for people to play tabletop games anymore, it seems like.
2: I have three, locally. Don't hate me.
1: I hate you. Don't hate mm-hmm. me! I hate
2: you! I also, have a GW store down the road, too. I'm going even counting that fucker.
0: <sighs> don't sorry.
2: It's the closest. I don't even count it. I'm sorry.
0: But, I mean, I, it, I, I can't see. I mean, you're you're devoting, hey, you want to play a game of 40K? Yep, that's the only game I'm playing for the weekend. For the most so part.
2: Yeah, like I'm going to play a game of 40K on a Friday night. It will be the entire Friday night. We'll be having a very late dinner. And I'm going to have to get my, you know, let's be nice, 80 to 100 models. Yeah. And boom. the Or why don't I play Malifaux and my small case that only holds, you know, only a handful of trays, like five or six of the sable-sized trays, has most of the models I need. So, I mean, you know, the difference between playing a game where it's like, Maybe, is a little weird because of the way the pool it has. Maybe you have a pool of, you know, 40 or 50 models and you make, on average, I'm getting eight or nine models in uh, a game, you know. Marvel Marvel Crisis Protocol is going to be 10 models in your roster and you're going to field less than that. Yeah. That just seems like the way going forward. I mean, even Infinity, sure, if you go nuts with Infinity, you're fielding maybe 30 models at most and you're probably not fielding 30. More likely, you're fielding in the low teens.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. That's
2: pretty easy. Look at Blood Bowl. Look at uh, uh, Necromunda. Look at Guild Ball. You're low teens at most. And like Blood Bowl, you only need the low teens in case your guys get beat up. If you're playing well, you probably won't need all those fuckers.
0: Yeah. But I I mean... mean it's, it's
2: It's a much easier pill to swallow of getting those models ready, getting those models painted, and getting out there and playing a game where you've got less models. The game is so much more immersive. It's not like... You're not losing models every time, you know, by the handful every time someone shoots. Each model's important. Usually, most models get to do something before they get just yanked off the board. Yeah, it's weird. I think that's maybe my disappointment is how maybe the luster is finally, finally falling off of the uh, the army size game, where you know we don't need that many models. We'll make models more important. They'll last no longer. They'll do something. That's why I like playing knights for forty k because my knights all do something. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and they last longer no than take, one round. No
2: one has taken a night off in a single turn. That just doesn't happen often. <laughs> and it's just interesting to see how that how that the paradigm has shifted, not necessarily in the last 2 years, but I think it's only become really apparent maybe in the last 2 years with the re-rise of GW. And their stuff's going well, but it's still like, do I want to play this? Even my favorite Age of Sigmar army only has, you know, a handful of models. Yeah. Less than 40 models, which is downright
0: doable. Well, I mean, a lot of people just don't have the time anymore. That's the thing. is mm-hmm. just don't have the time for a three-hour game on a weeknight, especially, to play a three-hour game to get stuff done. It's like
2: a three-hour game. You get to the game store by 5.30. You bullshit for a little bit. You start playing six. You're done by nine when the game store closes. Done and cleaned up by nine means you probably got barely a full game in at that. And then you're driving home. You got to wolf down some dinner. You're super hungry because it's 9 p.m. now. Uh-huh. And then you got to get up at five or six in the morning to go back to work the next day. Yeah.
1: and that is why I I'm never able to to play games because it's forty minute drive to the game store in. Well, it's more than that in rush hour and. Well, you, you. know. Yeah,
2: it, it's it's a thing. I mean, we got we all have to look at that, and the smaller scale games. That's why card games took off, and they're still continue to be a big thing. Yep. I mean, in the same time as an entire game of, let's say, Malifaux. I can play a best-of-three match for Transformers easy. Maybe even get two best-of-three matches I in. I could probably get
1: two or three best-of-three in of champions during a game yeah. of Malifaux. And I don't even need to leave my house because I can play it on the app if I wanted to.
2: Exactly. So it's kind of weird. It's been a weird uh, couple of years, and I'm looking forward to a couple more of seeing what other weirdness comes out. Obviously, we'll get... Uh, we didn't even talk about Star Wars Legion, which is sort of like the weird sister of the army game. It's not quite full army, not quite skirmish.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it so is played on a bigger time. board, Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's but not...
2: 3x6 isn't as bad as 4x6. It's a little easier to play with because you have a 4x6 table, you fit it, and you have a little bit of space so you're not feeling cramped.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit different, but not... But even You're that, not playing you know? as, as many models either, that's another thing. Yeah. You're not playing with as many models either.
2: I think my last real quick disappointment before we go to media is that X-Wing 2.0, while improvement, isn't enough of an improvement.
0: Enough for you to jump in on?
2: It's still X-Wing. It still slows bogs down at a certain point. It's still, the core results of it seem just as busted as they are. I don't want to say broken, but just busted. They work, but not as well as they could.
0: But it is what it is. Well, there's tons of people that love that game. So, I know that. And, oh, and the
2: fact that very little for Armada has come out in the past few years. But that's going to change. We're getting some stuff coming out.
0: Yep. <laughs> I know that the Imperial Star Destroyers came out this last week at our store. And people were like all excited on them.
2: Oh, the Super Star Destroyers? I yeah. think it's fucking massive. Yeah.
0: It's a huge, huge thing.
2: And then they've got the yeah, Onager and the Starhawk coming out. Uh, plus the new campaign, which is... They've got pretty solid campaign rules. I'm looking forward to that. It's one of the few games I'm I'm uh, still actively purchasing for. Right now, I'm not even actively purchasing Legion because we're not playing and We're playing Malifaux, so I'm doing Malifaux and then uh, Armada stuff because I love Armada. And I'm not letting that die locally. i got to find <laughs> people to play. But they got Clone Wars coming out next year. It'll hit big again next year when that shit comes out, and it'll be all good.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So do we need to go ahead and jump over to the media section? We probably should.
1: It's 8 o'clock. Time for our media section. (laughs) All right.
0: We're going to have not only our normal, but our biggest disappointments and our greatest loves of the two years. Um, I'm not sure my brain can handle that, but we'll try. (laughs) Let's go ahead and go. I'll go and go with my greatest disappointment. And you already said it. Ready Player One. I'm sorry. That was a complete waste of a good book. Now, and when I say good book, I do understand that it is all nostalgia and it is all that, but if they would have just done the book or close to the book, in my opinion, I think it would have been a much better movie.
1: This is why I don't read the book before I see the movie. Correct. Yeah,
2: we we, we it's a, it's a stated fact. We both disagree with you. We yeah. thought it was a perfectly fine movie, and I and we both agree this is probably a Gonzo problem, not necessarily
0: a movie problem. But that's fair. That's it's because I I I knew the book and the movie didn't go with the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well that's that's I learned that long, long ago that if I read the book before the movie that and that's the same reason why Jim did not read the Hobbit before going to see the Hobbit, but <laughs> honestly, in that case the book was better than the movie oh, yeah. too.
2: Yeah, the book was better than the movie because they just tried to pack. pack, you know They also like mm-hmm forgot what they learned making Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, that they tried to pack five minutes in. of a show into three hours.
2: Yeah, if it, if it had been if that last battle scene had been mostly uh, practical rather than CGI, it would have been much better, but it just was not as exciting. We already like we were burnt out on that. We didn't need to see that. It could have been background material. That's like we've seen yeah. the Pelennor Fields and the Battle of uh, Helm's Deep. It was not going to impress us.
0: No. No, they, they messed up on that. Yeah. So, John, what's uh, your big disappointment for the media section of the last two years?
2: Um, I'm going to continue to rail upon a movie that I actually think is actually quite good, but was disappointing overall. And that is Infinity War. Like that movie, like they missed the mark. They, as much as I hate to say it, after 21 movies, they should have actually had more content going into that movie. They uh, they shoehorned in the Guardians. And since it wasn't James Gunn directing him, they were not as amusing, aside from Rocket, as they normally are. They're actually downright annoying. Uh, Several scenes were not earned in any way, shape, or form in that movie. And it was not, it did not live up to the hype. That being said, this is a one and a half space every movie. It's not like it's a bad movie. It's still a good movie. But it was the most disappointed I felt watching a movie.
0: Most disappointing of, of course, all the Marvel movies, because we all know the most disappointing movie of all time is. Hold on, I'm thinking.
1: Uh, Ant-Man? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I think Infinity War? No, the most disappointing movie of all time. Come on.
2: Oh, Star Wars Episode
0: One: The Phantom Menace. Yeah.
2: Sorry. Took a second for it to poke through the alcohol there.
1: That was disappointing. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, I actually still think it's, um, in my opinion, I still think it's Atlantic Rim, but we're not going to go there. <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> no, no! We all had I was hopes and expectations. I was we had hopes and expectations for for Phantom Menace. We're like, "Ooh, they're making a new Star Wars movie after how many years was it since Return of the Jedi?" And we were all excited. And then and we I'm... watched it, and they gave us Jar Jar Binks.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say I hate it because I went out of it going, okay, that was cool. But the, it's, the more you watch it, doesn't. Hold up, like the like the classics
0: do. Correct, it doesn't. Kathy, do you have any major disappointments media wise?
1: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Excellent. That's good. So, uh, Gonzo, what's your greatest? Uh, you know, uh, what what over what what was great in the past two years media wise?
0: Uh, that I really really uh, appreciate and love. Into the Spider Verse, man. When I saw <laughs> the first trailer for that came out, you know, and it was like, oh, that's cool, new Spider Man. Okay, cartoon. And then when I watched it, I went, oh, shit, this is insanely good. Yeah. That that, that that was my greatest happy, and I was really, really enthused by it. I think it's one of the greatest Spider-Man movies we've ever seen. Um, it, Of course, Miles has always been one of my favorite alternate Spider-Men. So, you know, I may be a little biased on this, but it was solid. Um, I can't praise enough i've got you know t-shirts i've got you know the movie you know so on and so forth so yeah this is one of my greatest i I would say that was one of my best ones so far out of everything that i've seen this year in the last two years that was like one of my greatest oh my god this turned out to be better than what it was
1: you know what i am i'm rethinking my stance on on you know poor poor movies uh I think my The Force Awakens was disappointing, and and uh, we watched it, and Jim called it the Search for Geritol. <laughs>
0: that
1: was that was a disappointment to me.
0: Yeah, I can see that. John,
2: uh, I'm not going to steal yours because honestly, thinking about it, that would probably be number one. But number two is Endgame because yeah, you cannot ever how many times has a movie actually lived up to all of the hype like that, like. And my disappointments with Infinity War, like all the scenes that they redid, like they go out to Steam, they earned it in that movie, and it made you show just diametrically how opposed they are of how much better it was an Endgame than that, and it had all the moments. It was awesome. Fuck and yes.
0: Yeah, Endgame's right up there. It, but...
2: It's one of two movies in my in my memory that has absolutely 100% lived up to the hype. Maybe three, because Avengers, The Avengers lived up to all the hype. Endgame lived up to all the hype, and actually, honestly, I feel like um, The Force Awakens lived up to all the hype. Was super fun. I went to that movie going fuck, and yes. <laughs> so uh, Kathy,
1: I'm just lucky when I can see a movie at all. I <laughs> I really enjoyed Endgame a lot too. And uh, I also, like, there's a lot of people that didn't like the new Hellboy, but I enjoyed it.
0: I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I'm. It's on my list, but I haven't had a chance to see it yet.
2: Yeah, with the reviews, I'm waiting for it to be free.
0: Yeah, kind of here too, but I'll have to wait and see. Um, so we want to do some reviews of just normal things that we've seen recently?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I got three movies.
0: All right, well, let's see. Uh, my first one, let me go to my list. Um, I watched... Um, He's going the, to the list I always make a list so I don't forget See, I'm one of those people that come prepared for a podcast See,
1: I, I really should be <laughs> I should be making a list
2: I forgot what I reviewed last week I had to listen to the podcast a uh, bit to <laughs> review last week
0: um, So I watched the entire season Of Mindhunter, season two.
1: Oh, you did Yes
0: I even um, have a chance. So I really like stuff when a movie or show makes me stop doing something while I'm doing it. Like, you know, like I says, I'm always doing something when I watch TV because it usually doesn't captivate me enough or I can just listen to it and be okay with it. Mindhunter makes me stop because this show is so fucked up. Um, and it's fucked up in all the right, right ways. There's not like a huge amount of blood and guts and any of that stuff, but it's the social, the mental, the screwed up nature of stuff. Um, As everybody knows, Mindhunters is a, uh, it was written as a book, uh, turned into a movie about the FBI made their behavioral unit um, type thing uh, to figure out about serial killers, which is a cool thing because watching this, they go back and start saying things that you're like, what? That was considered a mental defect back then? And you're just like, no, that's just like something natural, like panic attacks. They're like, oh, you're completely a worthless piece of human because you had a panic attack. And I'm like... You know, it just kind of took me back for a minute. But, you know, this is, you know, late 70s, early 80s type thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, you know, someone had a, you know, if someone has a, a major mental episode that would be common for today, um, they were like, man up, you pussy. And I'm like, you know, it, it just, it is, it's just different uh, seeing oh, that. Yeah. But it but that's how it was back then. Um, it's interesting because they do, uh, of course, they talk to all the serial killers and get all the information on them and do all that stuff which is cool. Uh but then you're like the people that play the serial killers, holy crap. They did such a good job not only with makeup but with acting too. Um because I went and looked at the real life pictures of the certain actors of the, the, the uh serial killers with their counterpart and that's when people had said that the actor and the serial killer they look so much like them that it's very uncanny um, and acting the way they act and stuff. So it was really interesting to see that Um, it is pretty disturbing uh, because this isn't fake serial killers or, you know, you know, Hannibal Lecter. This is things that actually happened um, for the most part. And so it's kind of like, fuck, Um, but I got to give it zero space herpes because it was still solid. Good. I can't wait for season three. Um, and I'm sure it's going to get renewed for a season three. Um, season three looks even like it's going to be even crazier uh, because they actually lead up to season three through the whole thing. Um, but yeah, this is super, super solid. I can't wait to see um, season three. So zero space for me for Mindhunters. Fair enough. John, what's yours?
2: Well, I've got three and two of them are have three actors in common. Okay. I know it's rare you find movies with three actors in common, but it is what it is. Uh, the first one in order is Showdown in Little Tokyo, which is a 1991 action movie starring Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. Oh, wow. Along with Kari Higuri, Tokawa, and Tia Carrera. And basically, um, you know, Dolph Lundgren is the, the typical American cop who. Uh, Knows Japanese culture because he's raised in Japan. His father was military. His father was killed by the Yakuza. So he has a grudge, of course, because he saw the tattoo. And then uh, Brandon Lee is playing a Japanese-American who knows nothing of that except martial arts because of his mother and is, you know, just a cop. But that's not really important to it. The whole story actually is based around, around uh, Dolph Lundgren's character and his sort of... Recurring vendetta against the yakuza since they show up and they're starting to move their drugs and it's a fun action romp. Uh, Dolph Lundgren is not as good of a lead as Brandon Lee would be. Uh, we'll you'll see that later when I talk about that second movie, um, but it is enjoyable. They have good chemistry together. It is probably one of Dolph Lundgren's best as far as. Um, overall quality he's very personable he's very enjoyable you see why he became a movie star in this movie because he he can sort of be a quasi leading man um it's a bit too 80s and i might say it's 80s af as point as it's <laughs> a little rapey at points which is unfortunate because the 90s were a little oh, sorry the 90s were a little rapey and it's kind of bad and it's very that whole japanese invading america sort of uh theme from the 90s but it is still pretty enjoyable, a bit over the top, but uh a fun action romp. I give it about I give it two two space herpes. It is a good action movie, but the downsides just sort of leave a bad taste in your mouth because they would really, really not be acceptable in today's uh Oh yeah. In today's movies at all. Uh, and uh if you're wondering who the other two uh actors uh, who are in common with the next movie are they are Al Leong who plays that Chinese henchman or Asian henchman you see in every fucking movie <laughs> um, and then there's another one I'm trying to remember It's uh, he's he's barely in the second movie but I noticed him he plays a sort of uh, torturer in this he was also in Big Trouble China just like Al Leong was and it is really really kind of funny how those guys get around but uh, that is the first movie. Uh, enjoyable. Give it a watch. Be a chance. Just be aware. There's two points that are a little rapey, and it's not. It's
0: not okay anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, not sorry. Kathy, do you have anything?
1: No, I don't. No, No none this week. No, mostly. Uh, well, I uh, Diablo season 18 came out Friday night, so awesome. That's, that's what
0: I've been doing. <laughs> Playing on the PC, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go with mine. I started a series, and I couldn't even finish it. Couldn't get past much of the first episode. Oh, shit. Um, I'm going to try it again at a later time when maybe I have a little bit more you know, in my head, and I can do that. Um, but I tried to watch the uh, TV series on Netflix called Nightfall um nightfall is about the crusaders um and them getting the holy grail out and you know that type of thing and um yeah this this shit was bad just the first episode i really couldn't even get through the first episode it was so bad um they show the knights in their helmets and instead of like showing you know like a close-up through the isolates or something they have a camera inside the helmet you know, like a, an outside camera inside the helmet really close to their face. So you see, like, the left side of their face or the right side of their face and the helmet as they're speaking through it. And it's just, yeah, like, really that's
2: weird. That's really bueno. That's no bueno.
0: Yeah, it was really... It was like a face cam inside their helmet. Um, huh. But it cracked me up. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, okay, give give, give it a chance, Gonzo. Give it a chance. And I will give it a little bit more chance when I have a little bit more time or, you know... I care to think about that, um, but there is a guy. Uh, they're moving through, and this guy's running. He's like, "I'm going to get there. I'm going to make it." And he gets shot in the knee, and instantly, I think of Skyrim. Um, about you know, he used to be an adventurer, but he got shot in the arrow. Shot in the Took knee. Took an arrow. Knee. And I was like, "Oh shit!" And then just the acting and the sword fighting and the combat was just really bad. And like, oh, this knight's going to stop saving the. You know, stop taking the Holy Grail outside of the castle and into safety to help a guy that's got a log on his leg while 40,000 other people are fighting around him. I'm just like, this is bad. So, I didn't give it through the first episode at all. I just turned it off. So, that one's a wash. Maybe I'll torture myself later. But for right now, I'm just not going to no. do it.
1: <laughs> Bye, space turkeys.
0: Yeah, it was just like, no. Not going to do it.
2: I think it's got an incomplete score, Kathy.
0: Yeah, it's It's got the incomplete score. reached
1: Atlantic Rim uh, (laughs) level.
0: Three, I ain't doing shit with that again. (laughs) So, uh, John, what's your next one?
2: My second one is uh, Rapid Fire, which is Brandon Lee's first feature film, really. (laughs) There's like Laser Mission or whatever that he did, a low-budget thing, but that doesn't really count. This is his first major... Uh, first of two, unfortunately, uh, major uh, releases of him as leading man. And it is way better than an action movie from the 90s should ever be. <laughs> uh, he's a lead. He's basically just a college student, a, uh, um, just an art student, and his father was in the military and he was at Tiananmen Square, which is a subtext of the movie. It's sort of how he gets into it. You know, a woman lures him there. To talk about it and make the money, but the guy funding it is actually works for the one of the main bad guys. Uh, so he gets uh, he sees him get assassinated, and then of course the feds want him to uh, testify, and it goes from there. And basically, it's just after that, it's just you know a bunch of uh, witness protection sort of getting effed over by the feds or whoever type of uh, action movie. But it's very well put together. Uh, it's ninety two now. Um, he's the main uh, with Powers Booth being the, uh, the other main uh, antagonist uh, Nick Mancuso and another uh, Zima being the main bad guys and it follows the three act structure really standard where he's going after and Nick Mancuso is the guy he saw doing it and he has a whole big thing of him trying to get him out of the way Nick Mancuso trying to get him out of the way Shoot, so he's not indicted for fucking murder because he witnessed him and then after they're done, they realize at the end of the second act that, oh, they have to go take out the main bad guy who Nick Mancuso <laughs> was trying to move in on. Um, the story's not amazing. It's solid. But the action scenes are very well done for an early 90s movie. They don't cut too much. Uh, when they do, it's for usually for dramatic or cool effect. Um, obviously, Brandon Lee's got his chops in martial arts. He knows what he's doing, and it shows it off. It's almost like a darker, less funny Jackie Chan movie because there's occasions where he uses props to good effect. Um, his charisma shines through. He's enjoyable. Powers Booth is chewing scenery like you have to in a uh, action movie. Uh, Banian came in halfway through and like Powers Booth and Nick Mancuso are both chewing scenery because you have to in an action movie. If you don't, you're sort of un- you're sort of forgettable. But they're just chewing the scenery, having a great time, and it's just a good, fun action movie romp. Pretty standard has a standard nine ninety sex scene uh, musical scores. Pretty standard, aside from the uh, songs on it. They're from a, a band called Hardline, Hardline, which I happen to like, and on the CD from, because I'm that guy. Uh, I give it about a shot and a half of... A shot and a half Kraken. Well, obviously, I've been drinking. One and a half space herpes. <laughs> Mixing my uh, ratings in here, but same thing. Uh, it's very enjoyable. I just watching it if you have the chance. It is just... Enjoyable. It's, you're not seeing anything game breaking. Uh, I like it a lot more because you know, I saw it when I was young. It's one of my youngish, one of my formative uh, action movies. But definitely for its time, especially, it is very well done and very, very enjoyable. Huh. Um, didn't do very well in the theaters, obviously, which is too bad. But uh, I mean, I guess fortunately or unfortunate, let Brendan Lee do The Crow. I think I'm going to say unfortunately since he died on yeah. 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 But, I mean, The Crow is a perfect movie, so you made a perfect movie, but you died doing it. It's terrible.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, But I would usually watch these two as a double feature. Um, Like I said, Brandon Lee's in both of them. Uh, Al Leong, who is the number one Asian henchman, is in both of them. And the other guy is named Gerald Okumara, who is actually Hawaiian, but he shows up in a bunch of movies. And it's one of those guys who's just in all those type of movies. (laughs) It was just funny to see him. I knew the two guys were in both, and then it's like, oh, this guy's in both, too. It's awesome. Um, I would say if you have the choice between this and Showdown in Low Tokyo, watch this first. It is a better movie, even though I do like Dolph Lundgren a lot and I do like Showdown in Low Tokyo. I own both these movies on DVD, which should surprise precisely no one.
0: <laughs> uh, Maya. Kathy, anything else to talk about? Oh. Uh,
2: Can I give, her a no. chance, give
0: her a chance, Kanto. Give her a chance. Kathy? Give her a wow, chance. Wow,
1: man, I haven't been watching the TV this week fair it's hard to we're, leave. We're me buffering a little bit
0: no we better not be crashing oh kathy is kathy's got some video issues because her skype is messed up
1: rup, rup. yeah mine does that a little bit once in a while it's yeah. okay. and big up, and, uh, big up. Yeah. my skype didn't update uh and uh so i'll have to take a look at that after
0: yeah uh my um my last one is I watched season two because season three, I guess, came out, just came out, and I was like, crap, I haven't watched season two of it. Uh, 13 Reasons Why. Um, of course, this is based off the book, The Teenage Show. Oh,
1: is uh, this the Suicide one?
0: Yes, this is the one about Teen suicide, that the book was. Now, 13 Reasons Why season one was a great show.
2: Yeah, uh, you're talking s- sparkling terms about it.
0: Yeah, it, it was great, it was good. Uh, really liked it, even with the differences between the book and the you know the the TV series. Uh, it was really solid. Uh, and so when I was like, oh, they're bringing out a season two. Why? Uh, I mean, it was it was complete the way it was. But they did do some cliffhangers and you know Hollywooded it up some. Um, and so I binge watched all thirteen episodes of that this week, um, and watched uh, and was pretty happy with it. They did do some pandering and you can tell that, you know, you knew what was going to happen because season two is not in the book at all. It's completely made up by whoever's writing it and stuff. Um, and you know how it's going to end. You know what's going to happen. You know this, you know that. And you're just like, guys, give me something. There wasn't any good shock. There wasn't any good anything, really. It was, okay, we're just going to go through the steps. Um there are some parts in there that are pretty hard to watch still, uh, even for me on a personal level, um, because it, the the series this time is about dealing with what happens after someone has passed away. Um, and so there were a few things in there that I was like, shit, this sucks, um, you know, because of, of you know, my passing my friend Kim. I, I was like, yeah, I can see this, because I can see what happened, and I can see how they came with the characters and they did stuff. And I was like, this, you know, it hit home for a lot uh, certain things, but for the overall story arc, they just kind of were all over the place. Um, there was a a central theme of what they wanted to do, but it was like, oh yeah, that's not going to happen because it wouldn't make a good story, and it didn't happen because it didn't make a good story. Uh, oh, they're gonna they're not they're gonna let this continue on to next season because they want to do season three, and I'm just like,
2: I hate when a, when a series of meaning like that. Yeah, Like that when it could actually Go two seasons Maybe cover the grieving And, and give a really good coverage of that yeah. Instead of like we're going to make a season 3 Like come on man
0: and, and I'm okay with the season 3 Because there's other things that you can deal with Because it, it's, it's turned into How shitty high school can be At the worst oh. levels type thing And I'm talking yeah. at the worst levels I mean like We know bad things happen in high school We've lived through high school We know about the bullying But they go way overboard and you're like i'd have fucking moved if i was a parent and i knew i would have fucking you know no my kid's gone um type thing and you're just like why hasn't you know you know what's gonna happen and that's what sucks about it there was no shocker in season two there was no oh my god um there were some good emotional scenes but for the most part i was just i was disappointed but it was still wasn't bad though if you know what i'm saying it wasn't
2: bad, but you were disappointed because the first season was so much higher quality.
0: Well, and they could have done a whole lot more. They could have not pandered to you know what was going on. Um,
2: potential is the worst.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, season two is here and gone. I'm going to spoil it. There's a kid that gets bullied, um, and they you know he gets the raw into the deal, and they send him away to a program that helps him out. He comes back, and they bully him again. Um, for being, you know, for narking on, you know, what happened within the program because it made people lose, you know, like scholarships and maybe we'll lose, you know, games and all this other stuff. And they bully him again. And it, 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 I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a rough scene. I won't even talk about it because it's a very rough scene uh, to watch. Um, it, 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 it'll give you the cringe uh, because uh, it, it's raw. It doesn't not hold back. Uh, but he finally has enough and he pulls up a whole bunch of guns and an AR-15 and he starts marching up to the school. And I'm just like, shit. And it, it, that hits home to me um, because I'm a teacher and it doesn't happen. He gets stopped by one guy and this one guy stops him and tries to talk him down. And the guy's got an AR-15 pointed at his chest and he's supposed to be this guy that can talk down a kid that's got an AR-15. And then all of a sudden the, this Mustang pulls up and says, "Hey, you need to get in this car so we can take you away before the cops come and get you." And I'm like, "What? What? What? Yo, the cops need to come and get this kid. He's about to shoot up an entire school, but they want to save him because he's having a mental breakdown." I'm like, "That's bullshit." I'm sorry. So,
2: here's an unpopular opinion: the cops are gonna take him away, but they're gonna make sure he gets the help he needs. Yeah, that is actually part of what they do.
0: But it—it it was just like that wouldn't no. And, no. and it felt like a major letdown yeah. as, as much as I hate to say it It would have been a better thing if he went in there And did something Than what they did right there Because it would have been more truthful More realistic yeah. Even if it's a sad thing to say And I hate this you know, With all my fiber of being of that happening But it is not Realistic enough to make me go Yeah they could have No this, this kid was For what happened to this kid yeah, you're, you know, you're just like, mm, yeah, this, this is not good. But it was very much a pandering and very much just uh, shit that would never have happened no matter what. So, sure. But, I mean, it, it, it was still good. I still liked it. I'm going to watch season three um, because I'm interested enough and stuff. But uh, I hope they do end it soon because there's only so much fucked up high school shit that you can do to one school before everybody moves. So, um, I give it like two space RPs because of the stupid. It sounded like stupid... a two because it's yeah. sort
2: of just shy of jumped the shark.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was very close to jumping the shark, but I, I liked it. I, I it, it had some good stuff, especially dealing with what happens after someone leaves your life. That was the that was the very good part of it um, that Which I really good, liked.
2: There's there's no roadmap for that in kids. Yeah. After that, if it happens.
0: No, and that's the thing is you don't see that because usually in TV, usually in shows, someone dies, the show's over.
2: Yeah, you don't you don't get to see the aftermath, which yeah. is where you really need the help.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. But overall, that was mine. John, what's your last one?
2: Last one is I watched Life After Flash, which is sort of a quasi-biography on uh, Sam J. Jones and quasi a, uh, a piece on the Flash Gordon movie. Oh, it's man. mostly focused on Sam Jones because mm-hmm. he's sort of the focal point of that, but it has good interviews with everyone else. Um, it was a very good watch. If you love the Flash Gordon movie like I do, or if you like it, I was just watching it. It's on Amazon Prime for free. It was a very enjoyable hour and a half to see what he's done with his life. He's very... I want people to watch this because he's very understanding. He's very. He's got a good understanding of himself and where he made mistakes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He doesn't blame anyone else for the problems he has anymore. He says, this was me making mistakes, listening to people I shouldn't have listened to, and all that sort of thing. And it's a very good thing for people to see. Because I find being critical of oneself, people are either completely off the chain, or they take the entire wrong view of what happened. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited, buddy. Life After Flash. It was good. Uh, I did enjoy it. It, uh, It's good to hear them take on everything... Again, like I said, a little focused on Sam Jones, but uh, it's got a wide variety of the, of the cast back. Um, it doesn't have um, Timothy Dalton, but, I mean, they, of all of them, he's probably the biggest star.
0: hmm
2: You know, Brian Blessed's in it, uh, Melody Anderson. They don't have Dean Dillard because he's dead, of course. They have his wife. A lot of people there, a lot of talk about how, how this and Hollywood affected Flash about Sam J. Jones' life. In Hollywood and everything, It's just a very enjoyable watch uh, from beginning to end. I uh, I like the heck out of it. Um, I think it's good to watch. I would love for anyone who wants to be an actor to watch it because it'll it'll show you a little bit of the dark side there, um, and how you can resurgence. And and you know, it's also a perfect example. Of, as much as I'm not religious myself, of how religion helped him get his life together to a point. They don't go fully into it, but they sort of show how. He started showing up at stuff, and how that helped him, you know, meet a group that would help him get his life together. It was great. That's what it's for. Um, I'm gonna give it zero space herpes because it was good. There's not really any fault in it. Um, it's short enough. It shows enough of him, how he is, and what he's done with his life since, and uh, sort of uh, bits about the movie and why things went the way they did. Uh, the most funny would be Topol, who played uh, uh, Doctor Zarkov. Uh, when they asked him when was the last time he saw the movie, he said like thirty five years ago when it was released. <laughs> yeah. And what he and it ends with them telling everyone telling what they do now. Yeah. If they're not still actors, you know, like Peter Peter Wingard who played Clytus, and all those people, we're still actors. But the rest of them, they say like what they're doing now. Tuple's doing some good things, you know. And what they want to do is it was it was a very well crafted documentary.
0: Cool. cool. Um, I know we're a little bit over guys, uh, but we want to add one last thing. And we have to talk about is Disney Plus and the one trailer that came out today. Uh, First thing before we get to Mandalorian, Disney Plus is coming out November 12th uh, with a bunch of new shows and some of the new shows that everybody's looking forward to. One is the Mandalorian and two is there's going to be a Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series with Ewan McGregor. Uh, And I'm all for either one of those. I'm all for everything, but they are doing it a bit different. They are not releasing all the episodes at once. They're releasing one episode a week, like a standard which, TV show.
2: Which is a good way of doing it.
0: Yeah, I think it, they'll get more people. Uh, yeah. But let's talk about um, the Mandalorian trailer. Kathy?
1: My, uh, oh. my mouth was opened uh, <laughs> the whole time I was watching that thing. Yes.
2: Yes. It- it's a little but, dark for Star Wars, but it's good.
1: I don't even it care. Be. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I do feel like Star Wars should be a little darker. I mean, it, it, you, at some point they have to get away from you know it being a kids' show for you know with Muppets and stuff. Not that I don't like Muppets, obviously.
2: I mean, everyone loves Muppets. If you yeah. don't like Muppets, What's wrong with
0: you? Yeah. But I mean, l- l- let's talk about one. Let's talk about two scenes in particular I really liked. One. The IG-88 scene, which I'm guessing (laughs) is IG-88.
1: I'm
2: not sure it's IG-88. It's an assassin droid, but I don't know. Correct. It's an IG-88 because of the time frame which it takes place. That's the first thing I I thought of. Yeah, the first
1: thing I thought of when I saw that.
0: Okay, the droid that looks like IG-88. How about that?
1: Well, there's a bunch of those droids out there, no doubt.
0: Yeah. But it's cool. Uh, Very fun. The
2: the quality of everything is pretty good, honestly.
0: Yeah. And then the door scene.
2: So I actually thought the door scene was a step too far.
0: Um, I think once we see the entire scene, I think we're going to see if it goes a step too far or if they just imply it, if you know what I'm saying. That's going to be the interesting thing.
1: They call it a teaser for a reason. Correct.
2: Absolutely. But uh, I'm excited. I'm in. Um, They don't show the, the face of the Mandalorian at all. In fact, the only actors' faces you see, for the most part, are Carl Weathers Mm -hmm. and Werner Herzog. Uh, If you don't know who Werner Herzog is, he's actually a good director, and he's been in some movies here or there when they need someone with a particular look. He's a great old man. He has a very distinctive voice.
0: Yes. When I heard the voice, I was like, I think I know who that is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Someone on Facebook goes, is that Werner Herzog? I'm like, let me check. Yep, that's Werner Herzog. (laughs)
0: But yeah, I uh, I watched it and I actually watched it like three times because I was like, "Fuck yes!" <laughs> yeah, if you thought
2: you weren't getting the Disney Plus service, you're wrong. Yeah, you're getting the Disney Plus service <laughs> because aside from that, they have so much original programming. It's stupid. Yeah, there are like four or five Marvel series. Moon Knight coming out there plus uh, the last season of Clone Wars. They'll have all that stuff when they take it away from Netflix. I mean, it's one of the few streaming services that can come out, and I really want to see it again, because if you look, they show everything you're going to get. They have National Geographic as part of Disney+. Plus. That's going to be a service worth it. I don't know what they're going to charge in after the initial, because I know the first year is going to be cheapo, because they want not get in. But, I mean, they could honestly double their price. They could go to $15 a month, and it'd be worth thinking about. For the content they're looking at providing, it'd be worth thinking about.
0: Yeah, I mean... Not only for the Star Wars stuff, but we got the Marvel stuff coming out for it. Like I said, yeah. they're doing a She-Hulk, a Moon Knight um, for them. I mean, there's just...
2: And, uh, I think, I don't remember if, I think the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier yep. is one, Hawkeye is one, uh, Wanda and the Vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, they're just putting it all in. And if the quality is remotely as good as the quality of the teaser from Mandalorian, they're just...
0: They're just writing just money.
2: Bring it. They're like, no, no. We're not going to compete with you guys because we're doing almost entirely exclusive new content in our stuff, and we're still going to get the money.
0: Yeah, and what, what's funny is their package for it is pretty damn good. Um, you got Digital all the Disney Marvel
2: Marvel? Yeah, because
0: yeah. you get ESPN if you're a sports guy, but you also get Hulu with it, too. Which, yeah. I, I, But, I mean, exactly. there's some stuff that's on Hulu that I'd like to see that Wait, I can't.
1: you get Hulu with Disney Plus? Yes.
2: Yeah, they own a good portion of it or something like that. I, yeah. I have no desire to get Hulu with it. I would rather them just give me their stuff. And I mean, I, if I remember correctly, their initial price is like $8 a month or something stupid like that. And fuck yes, $8 a month? Yeah, I, I'll have three less monsters during the month and I will pay for this easily. <laughs> but I mean, overall... A couple days.
0: I At first I was like, I don't care to watch all the Disney stuff again. I I I, I, I didn't. Well, I mean... The Disney movies. If it, if it was just Disney Plus, where it was just Disney movies and Disney TV show from the Disney Channel type stuff, I would have been like, eh. And then like, oh, maybe original program. But then they show and they say all the stuff they're doing, like the She-Hulk and Moon Knight and the Mandalorian, yeah. and I'm like, uh, yes, please. In the last I'm of all Clone in it.
2: They'll have all the old season of Clone Wars eventually. They'll have Agents of Shield. They're going to have enough material to make it worth worth your subscription.
0: Oh yeah. These I old. am so in on this. And uh, I love
2: weekly. It sounds like Dirty Pool, but as someone who doesn't generally just power through things, the weekly release of things means it's sort of like a replacement for cable for me, where I can watch something weekly and not feel like I have to go and get caught up immediately so some fool on the internet doesn't spoil it for me and I have to go find them and murder.
0: Gotcha. Which I thought was interesting that they did that because, of course, pretty much everybody else just releases the well, whole thing and goes with it.
2: Grand Tour on Amazon Prime releases weekly.
0: Yes. Yeah, there there's very few of the pay services that do a weekly type thing, but I think that's actually good for them. They'll get people yes. to stick around longer.
2: Plus it also helps because it doesn't I mean, we have a problem as a culture of just go 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 go. Okay, I'm done. I'm tired. I need to stop. We need to pace ourselves better.
0: Yeah. I'm all in. I don't know about y'all, but I'm all oh. in. I, I was all in since I mentioned
2: it. I mean, <laughs> it's my fucking childhood Star Wars and Marvel comics. Oh yeah, <laughs> childhood. Yep.
0: So, guys, uh, thank you for joining us for our two week, our two year uh, anniversary. Two our anniversary. Two week anniversary. <laughs>
2: anniversary. <So> we just <laughs> got up with, uh, John the return, but uh, no, it's two year. Two, year,
0: two year. Um, we appreciate y'all showing up and listening to us every week. Um, pretty much. Um, it is uh, a lot of fun. Um, we hope you come back for more. We have got a little more stuff planned, more things to do. Um to more than dice, I'm god though.